Welcome to episode 90 of the Movie City Maniacs. On tonight's episode, our Alfred Hitchcock director spotlight comes to a shocking conclusion with Rear Window from 1954. Everyone and welcome to this week's edition of Movie City Maniacs. I'm Maddie, and I'm Kyle. I guess I'm Adam. He guesses he's Adam this time. <laughs> and our Alfred Hitchcock series is coming to a conclusion with Rear Window from the uh, Hitchcock series is going to be in our Rear Window. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. 1954. <laughs> there we go. So if you're just tuning in now, we have covered Spellbound, Notorious, and Rope. And uh, yeah, Rear Window today. Kind of, uh, I didn't even realize, but I guess it was kind of like an Ingrid Bergman double feature and a Jimmy Stewart double feature. Oh, yeah. Which I don't think we planned, did we? I kind of did. Did you? (laughs) (laughs) He pulled a fast one on us. (laughs) And even in this film as well, as like Rope, it pretty much takes place in one One location. One location that was also Mm -hmm. a thought process. And yeah. Okay. Before we get into this, well, I got to ask you guys a question. Is Rear Window, was it a Hollywood play? Or was it written for no. the uh, Silver Cinema? It, it, it was, was just a short screen. story. Before. It was a short story, but it's basically completely reworked. Yeah, I think the short yeah. story was that he sees a murder the, across the street, and that's, that's yeah. pretty much the only similarities. Like he added all the the characters that you see in the in the building, which to me makes the film. And he all added like the relationship and all that as well. I believe. Oh yeah, there was no female. Oh, okay, because it seems like it should have been like a Hollywood stage production. Like mm-hmm. but watching this movie, right? It's, it's really well written. But mm-hmm. I guess before. We go into that. Should we just yeah. talk yeah, about what we watched? Watching, yeah, yeah, of course. Oh, I've been watching my neighbors actually uh, change and shower just in case there's any murders that go down in my neighborhood. I'm, <laughs> that's what I've been watching this so week. So <laughs> what, what, what are you going to give for the rating? <laughs> <laughs> uh, two out of ten, maybe. Oh. <laughs> I, uh, I, I went back to the Hitchcock well. Okay. Um, so... I watched his first American movie, Rebecca, from was- 19... 19- 40. I was really hoping to watch that this week, but uh, time was not on my side. I know. I know. You remember you, you talking about this. So this has been a long favorite of mine. It's one I remember watching as, as a kid. There, there's kind of a handful, but Rear Window is another one of them. And I, I feel like you're picking the two films that I didn't love. <laughs> He's like, oh, you didn't like it, motherfucker? <laughs> um, I also just got all of these as okay, well. Okay. So, and I wanted to watch Rebecca, especially. I want... I, so, Actually, Saboteur I did watch because you disliked so much, and I was like, I, I don't remember it being like I remember it being kind of like next tier down Hitchcock, but yeah. it wasn't. The, and I, I agree. I, I think it's next tier down, but not as bad as as Kyle thinks. And Rebecca, uh, I wanted to watch before I watched the new version, yeah. uh, the Ben Wheatley movie. I, I just kind of wanted to revisit. I love Rebecca. Like, yeah, I think it's considered one of his best. I believe. It's his only movie that won Best Picture. That doesn't mean anything, really. Yeah. But it, it, I feel Wait, like it's the only one that got an Oscar. Only one that got, and he, did, he, he didn't get any Oscars. It was Selznick that got because Best Picture goes to the oh, producer. Oh, that's crazy! So well, Rear Window didn't even get like a nomination, which, which is, is insane. Crazy. Insane. Neither did Vertigo. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is. I don't need to go on the plot too much, mm. but it's basically built around this location, Mandalay, and it, it has a lot of similarities to. Citizen Kane that I think I hit me even harder uh, this time, Xanadu, this like mystical place that this one character who's unnamed, this female character, she needs to go back to Manderley and or she wants to be taken back there to this place that she never really got to appreciate and love. And it starts off and they're on the the coast of, uh, of France. It's I, I can't remember if they're on the Riviera. Um, and she's there as a lady in waiting, and then she meets this distinguished gentleman who then 
weirdly wants her company, but a little bit off to her the whole time, but she's infatuated with him. And then in the end, she thinks she's going to never see him again. And he just offhandly says, well, do you want to marry me? Uh, <laughs> while he's like shaving so or like, something. Like, so how about it, baby? <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and it's, it's a weird dynamic the whole time. I think Joan Fontaine, who this was kind of the movie that made her a star is phenomenal in the movie. And Olivier, which I know you have a problem with. Yeah, I didn't like him in this at all. I think there's flaws to Olivier. It's actually the the part that I think is the most flaws, but it's similar to Stuart in Rope, which we talked about on last week's episode, where he's not perfect for this and it's not perfectly drawn, but it doesn't really matter because all the plot mechanisms around it it, it doesn't really harm the movie for me. Um, and all the side characters, Mrs. Danvers, who runs this estate, Manderley, yeah, is just like great. this evil presence. And there, and she basically comes into this estate and she is supposed to now become the lady of the house. And the old lady of the house died all of a sudden. And everybody loved her and talked about how beautiful she was. And this Mrs. Danvers, who runs, was infatuated with her and the ghost it's it's basically a gothic romance ghost story hangs off of everything and hitchcock with his camera almost like this woman that you never see he's always following her she's still there uh and it's it's brilliant how it's been done and i think well selznick especially with how the main lead female character and how sympathetic she is is very much uh, a selznick character the movie is still a hitchcock movie because he basically didn't give anything else for Selznick to edit because Selznick would edit all his his movies the director got to run the set but he ran the editing house well Hitchcock just edited like only shot what he needed for the edits and that's it eh (laughs) so there was some reshooting so anyways I've I've watched this movie I I, too many times to count I I, I love it I I get totally caught up in the space it's it's another one of these amazing locations that Hitchcock creates on a soundstage so I'm gonna give it nine out of out of wow. ten. Wow, that yeah. good, eh? It's uh, yeah, that's a uh, it's bottom tier for me. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I I think like there's a lot to like about. It. I think the location's great. I agree. The female lead is great. The um the lady, whatever she is, the maid of the house. George Sanders is playing great, this cat is fucking awesome. I just yeah, my biggest problem again is like if you have the male lead, and I know it's like it's a it's about Rebecca. But that that whole everything about that I I hate the relationship makes no sense I don't know why there's she has any interest in this guy whatsoever because that every time he's on screen he's a dick he doesn't really do much other than be a dick for like two minutes and then you know I, I don't know I just didn't get why there would be any there's no connection between them at all and I, I just I don't think, know I think why there, we're supposed to there might be there is sad and like she's infatuated pretty quickly in the early scenes like he's of not him. he's like it's not just like he's kind of. He's like a mean dick. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just I just didn't get it and believe it. It's like I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I had a problem with that the whole the whole movie. Yeah, and I, it doesn't affect me almost whatsoever. Other than I think Olivia's character is the most underwritten, but it's almost great that he's underwritten because it's not necessarily about him. And I do like the mystery and, and everything See, yeah, about it as well. That, yeah, I didn't think the mystery is is that interesting either. When you and the reveal, I, I love the reveal. I love there's this incredible. He was going to sh- originally shoot this scene where he reveals everything in a flashback, but then he didn't want to show Rebecca. So he creates this scene that is in real time and present, in, in like the present time, but it's a flashback, but you're seeing it without Rebecca. It, it, it's, it's a marvelous scene. I, I love that. And, and like the, the last 20 minutes, whatever it is, kind of becomes almost more of that guy's story and his innocence, and it's like, who cares about this guy? I don't know. That, that was my problem with it. Like, it, right. it becomes less about Rebecca and more about him, and we're supposed to feel sympathy for him. But you've not once given us any any ounce of why we should feel any sympathy for him or, or care what happens to him, other than that Rebecca likes him. But then even that— Well, not Rebecca. Makes, um, she has no name. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, you're right. Sorry. Um, um uh, yeah, the the no name character, the female lead, the so, second Mrs. DeWinter. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know. Like I think there's a lot. <laughs> she's called the second female lead. <laughs> so she is the the Mrs. DeWinter. She's the second oh. Mrs. DeWinter. She was just referred to as I. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I don't know. There's a lot to like about it. And I can understand, like, especially from someone like you that loves the innocent stuff like that. It kind of has like Gothic Mansion, that ghost 
the, the setting and, and everything is fantastic and the female lead is fantastic. But yeah, I just, I just had a lot of yeah, and I, I don't, issues. I, with, I, yeah. like, I, I, this is one of those movies, it kind of, rem- I think I watched, saw Laura in this around the same time when I was rewatching a lot of these movies that I'd seen as a kid, but like they were like, Faint memories, and when I saw them again, I was like, "Oh my god!" I, I, I lo- like I'm gonna get into movies from this this era, and just I dove all in. Like I, I'm pretty sure Rebecca. I watched Laura actually around that time, strangely too, and I loved Laura. But um, Laura, I, I think I, I like even more than yeah. Re- Rebecca. Uh, the, yeah, sometimes I get like stuck on these things, and I think that's the problem with this film. Like it, I just. If there's a character who's a main character that I dislike and I and I just don't find him believable at all or you know the relationship believable, I still think Olivia's like he's it. an incredible actor. Like uh, so I, I think I've only seen him in this, and I, I mean, yeah, who knows? Maybe he's I, I did not like him in this at all. But anyway, um, like he's again was one of those guys that is of the stature of, of you know. In a lot of ways, of Cary Grant and yeah. and and Jimmy Stewart, like a, he got a star. That's a, yeah, exactly. That's what I've heard, and I think he, isn't he like in plays like Robin Hood or something, or am I thinking of someone else? No, it's Errol, Errol Flynn. Flynn. Okay, maybe I'm thinking of him. Yeah, because I just thought this guy would have at least had some charisma, and I mean, maybe his character's not supposed to, but I did, I just found him kind of I, I didn't like him at all. I found him a little bit bland. I think yeah, like the problem if you well, look, uh, at, he's not bland. Like he's like he's his temper is crazy everywhere. Like. Uh, like that, that I don't find him like I can see how that portrayal almost plays in that direction, maybe too much. And he's he's an asshole for sure, uh, and maybe that. If, but like, he's just such a cold character. Like I, I don't know. Like I, I think you look at my three, the three Hitchcock films that I didn't necessarily love, and they all have three leads that are just kind of I don't know. They're missing like compared to the leads in all the other films, they're missing something in my opinion. Oh, interesting. Yeah, for me, like I I think uh, like he also is in the lead for me in this for me it's Joan Fontaine which is different because yeah. in a lot of the movies the female character is would would you know Grace Kelly is the secondary yeah, yeah. lead character in, in the, the movie we're about to talk about yeah. where this one she holds a screen even when it becomes more about Laurence Olivier's story Joan Fontaine is still like a very big component of what's going on on screen yeah. Uh, cool. I watched um, a film that kind of has similarities to Rear Window, uh, Witness to Murder from 1954. Have you guys seen this? No. no. I thought is you were talking about the uh, Shia LaBeouf movie that came out a couple no. of years back. Is this with Barbara Stanwyck? <laughs> yeah, Barbara Stanwyck. I, I, I picked this up. Double I want to see this. I, really, I love Barbara Stanwyck. And George Sanders from Foreign Correspondent, Rebecca, actually. He's amazing, Rebecca. Uh, so th- this is a, yeah, I actually got this cause it's in uh Kino put out a noir set and it's like five movies or something. And a lot of them are supposed to be pretty good, but yeah, it, it opens up like it. I-, I love how movies back then, man, they don't waste time. Like this literally opens up. There's a murder. The first like five seconds on screen, she hears, she looks, sees the, the woman get murdered. She calls the police and, uh, the police come investigate, but they don't see any evidence cause he's, you've seen him. He's already dragged the body out and stuff. They kind of convince her, oh, you must have been like sleeping and must have been a nightmare or something. I don't think it actually happened. We checked in everything. There's no evidence. But she can't let this slide. She knows she uh, saw it. And then so it's kind of like this cat and mouse where she's trying to look for evidence. But then he starts like planting evidence to make her look crazy. And um, and yeah, there's just no – it seems like she would be crazy because there's no evidence whatsoever I don't know. I don't. I don't want to say too much, especially if Adam is going to watch it. Yeah, I, I'm. I I want to watch this soon. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't love it. I had. Yeah. Oh I did, no. I didn't. Um. Actually, it's one for the noirs. It's one of the lesser ones for me. It's the first, maybe one or two that I just was like, eh, it's okay. Like, we're again, and maybe it didn't help that I watched it after Rear Window, but like, Rear Window does everything well, and it's such a mm-hmm. strong ride. Like this, it's kind of like there's no like cool investigating like. There's none of that cool trying to find like. Is it tense? Clues? No, that's the thing. It's not really tense either because like she has no no evidence. She just keeps on saying, "Why? Well, no, I saw it." The yeah. cops believe him because there's no evidence, and then he plants, and then she ends up like in a a psychiatric home and all this stuff. And it's like, it's just them thinking she's crazy. Like it's a different type of movie. It's more of like 
this chick is crazy and we have to watch this woman get Look treated at this, uh, poorly because no one believes her. <laughs> but then like, but you kind of understand because she has no evidence ever yeah. and she never really finds anything. Whereas like Rear Window, it's like him saying like, oh, this. And then the next day, oh, check out this. And it's like, mm-hmm. you're getting all these clues and, and, and stuff like that. And even if in, in Rear Window, you know, it, we, I'm kind of getting off track. Yeah. You know, it, it, you know, he'll have a clue, but then the detective says, well, actually this happened. You yeah. don't get any of that. There's not, there's like nothing. It's like, I saw a murder. I know it happened. Well, there's no evidence. You're crazy. I think that's occasionally the 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 thing that you were talking about. How noir is often like, boom, you're into it. Boom, yeah, this yeah. thing. Sometimes the detriment uh, it goes to the detriment of them, where they're yeah. they're not intricate plots, and they're not these productions that they've spent a lot of money on. Yeah. So there can often be holes or things just kind of rush along. Yeah, it's almost like, yeah, it's not even holes. It's just like, it's almost like they don't have, it's almost like this would have been a great, you know, there's an old 60s or 50s TV series thriller or something. I felt like you could have easily compacted this into 40 minutes and you would have lost nothing because they really have nothing to really do. Even the villain, like he's, he doesn't, he's not a great sinister villain. I mean, he kind of fucking screws her over. Is that George Sanders? Yeah, I believe he's the, the villain. Um, I'm not sure who George Sanders is. I think he's, yeah, no, he is the villain. Yeah, no, I remember him in Rebecca, actually. Um, so, yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. Anyways, I'm going to go five and a half wow. out of ten. Again, I'm not not th- looking forward to that anymore, are you? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, that yeah. being said, opinions, he didn't yeah. like uh, Rebecca and he didn't like Yeah, uh, which I think is saboteur. Like- bonkers to me but uh saboteur i can all like i I understand i think this is considered a lesser noir from the the Mm -hmm. other ratings i read i think a lot of people had a lot of the same issues um but who knows i mean again in five and a half for me doesn't mean like i hate it like it it was fine it was okay i didn't feel like i wasted my time would i watch again probably i mean but it's just not anything that i'm I'm excited about i guess i wonder what that what's that what's that cutoff for you guys where ideally you never watch it again like what's the rating so I, I I actually love revisiting movies that I absolutely yeah. hated and hoping that I have a complete. But like say on. say there's no like there's no push to do it. Is there like I still yeah I get weird I get weird urges like sometimes I'll think of like some movie I saw six years ago that I didn't really enjoy. I'm just like you know what? I kind of want to revisit that. I'm I was curious. actually thinking about this today. Uh, it too. I'm like, is it as bad as I think it was? Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, of, I think because it is. I'm like yeah. I'm kind of like ah, <laughs> do, do, should I need do I need to revisit this? No. Like, there's too many movies to watch. Yeah, that's another thing that you kind of clock. That's what I've kind of gone in my brain mm-hmm. the last. Few, it, it like now. Hey, here's the thing. Say I watched uh, Witness to Murder, and I was mm-hmm. like, uh, that's that's five point five. That's kind of a line where I'd be like, I'm probably never going to watch that again. Mm-hmm. But if you then came, you know, yeah. s- a, a year later, and you were like, oh my god, this is like top tier noir, yeah. I'd be like. Well, maybe I was like in the wrong mood, or, yeah. or something was wrong. But it's gonna have to be. Well, that's something. why I keep on watching Young Frankenstein. So. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think I think yeah, like I, I think I always think of movies like maybe it wasn't in the right mm-hmm. mood, maybe it hurt. There are those. The rear yeah. Window. Yeah. Maybe you know I missed something. So I don't know. Like there, there's a lot of watching a film and rating a film. There's a lot that comes into play. I mean, sometimes you're just yeah. It's, I I find I it's know. rare for me that I go much different like sometimes it's like a rope thing where okay that was an eight before and it's actually 7.5 because i'm uh, these things are hitting me that i don't uh, like about it more i'll, I'll drop all rays like point yeah, two yeah, points yeah. yeah especially for a shocktober i've went mm-hmm. from like movies I absolutely hated to like that was one of the best movies i watched this yeah. month and vice versa like there are stuff like for 20 years ago yeah totally yeah. and it's usually stuff i i was like oh man i still love and then i watched it go uh yeah, that makes sense that right? happens you, more change right uh, than the other way <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, but it does happen. But yeah. it, it, for me, it, it, it does seem rare. I, I do. Mm-hmm. I, I do feel like you're right, though. The middling films are less to like the ones that like I gave a two or three. I'm more excited to rewatch because it's like there's no way it's that bad. Yeah. Maybe I missed something. Whereas like if it's middling, it's like well, I might enjoy. Oh, I didn't it more say that at all. all. Like don't put words no. in my mouth. If it's, if, <laughs> I'm never watching the Wasp Woman again. Or, okay. Like somebody with those, where I'm like, this is fucking garbage. Somebody's really gonna have to convince me to watch that again. <laughs> or even like couch it in a different way. Like you watch it wrong, this is what you're actually trying to check out. Yeah, like if yeah. I completely came in that wrong headspace. Yeah. But like a movie like The Wasp Woman or Bleed, yeah. which I was the worst horror movie I yeah. watched, or uh, 
the fantasy island that I watched. <laughs> like, I'm never watching that ever again. Like, there's no point. Like, I'm not. Yeah. I, get, I get weird urges for like movies like Fantasy Island, like movies that like, like I know you know what you did somewhere. It's like I kind of want to watch that. See, I, <laughs> so, so that's one that has a little bit. I fucking hated when it came out, but that has kind of a cult following now. That mm. and I was 16 or 15, yeah. so maybe I was wrong, but. Yeah. I find that a, a curious one as I'm watching more, and I realize like over the last couple of years where I've upped the amount I've watched, I'm kind of going back to what I was doing in my early 20s yeah, and making it a priority to see things and realizing I've barely scratched the surface on the things I want to see. <laughs> yeah, There's probably, if I made a list, 2,000 movies... That oh, yeah, you want to watch. That easily. I want to watch. I think yeah. I have 2,000 movies still exactly. brand, new, <laughs> brand new in the package that I haven't watched. Anyways, I, I watched some other films. Did you guys watch anything else, though? Or? Uh, so I watched a new movie, The Trial of the Chicago 7. Oh, shit. How was this? Sorkin's dialogue is awesome in it, and yeah. every actor in it is just killing it. Like, this may be the best. That, John Leguizamo, is that? No, Sasha Baron Cohen. Okay, yeah. This might be his best, like, acting role ever. He's he's a, incredible. Did you watch Spy? It's Abby Hoffman. Uh, uh, he had, like, a, a short run uh, miniseries. I, I oh, no, Spy I, I haven't watched like that. that. And he was really good in this, like, really good. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. I'll have to check that out. He's great yeah. in this. Jeremy Strong, who's on maybe my favorite current television show, Succession, he plays a completely different character in this. You know, this is a true story about these seven, actually eight individuals that were accused of conspiring to start a riot in Chicago during mm-hmm. this Democratic National Convention in 1968, I think. And it's it's mainly the trial. And all the characters are great. Everyone says all these great Sorkin-esque speeches, and it's moving quickly, but it's so fucking hollow and contrived <laughs> that it started to drive me crazy. At first, I was like, oh, this is so much fun. Yeah. They're witty, witty and they're saying all these great things. And then there'd just be scenes that you go, like, he's supposed, he's playing this like a real thing. He's really trying to play like a real thing. And then you go, this never fucking happened. This is a story plot a contrivance yeah. that I, the, the biggest one I've ever seen. And there's a million of these fucking things. Uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt plays the prosecutor who's trying to put all these innocent people basically in jail yeah and it's a very timely message something that could still happen i was wondering now. what happened to that guy i used to love that mm-hmm. he stopped working to take care of his son oh okay. get out of here yeah he was like doing producing and like he, he was gonna he try was doing, doing like very some, well for himself yeah for a he long was gonna time. try doing some like on like um series that was like you could only get through the computer or something and i don't yeah. know what happened to that it was supposed to be like this big game change no it's netflix yeah, no, but this is this is going to be like a, a TV show. Oh, dial up. You you have to still go. Uh, right, 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 right. right. <laughs> I, no, I think it was going to be like created by the people, though. Like you would, I, I don't know how to explain mm, on it. On YouTube. Like a choose uh, your yeah, own yeah. adventure. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. It doesn't <laughs> matter. And, and anyways, uh, he's great in the movie, but his character is the most ridiculous character. Like he's the prosecutor, but he's actually not totally certain that he should be doing this. And then he's. There's a big speech at the end, thing that he says at the end is like, ah, oh, this is fucking bullshit. Uh, There's just too much bullshit. I had that problem with West Wing. I just couldn't buy it. Right. He's creating this world that doesn't exist, mm-hmm. and he's putting these situations where you're like, ah, oh, fuck, all these, like, this conversation is amazing. Yeah. But the, when you look back, the you go, scheme. fuck this. Did you watch, uh, what was that, the uh, Studio at 60? Oh, um, yeah, that was terrible. It was like, there were some great moments of dialogue. This is amazing. But then, like, these two writers are the greatest writers They're in the geniuses. world. They're <laughs> geniuses. And then 30 Rock just blows them yeah. out of the fucking water. Um, so I'm going to give this six. Okay. Uh, hmm. I, I, yeah. So uh, I just wanted to quickly talk about two shows briefly okay. uh, that I watched. The Nick, which I I'm rewatching, which is Steven Soderbergh directed every episode of this. There's 20 episodes. Awesome. Um, we're rewatching. It's about the Knickerbocker Hospital in ni- uh, 1900. Exactly. Awesome. It stars Clive Owen. It is one of the my favorite television shows of all time. It's wow. it's really great. Where is this? It was on Cinemax. Oh wow! So <laughs> Cinemax. So Cinemax was Skinemax. Yeah, I remember Skinemax. <laughs> uh, it, it which in the 80s and 90s was basically known as being a softcore porn station well no after like eight o'clock turn but like they had like movies it was like the yeah, uh, HBO. hbo yeah uh it was it was the like lesser version of hbo the worker man's hbo yeah 
So is there a lot of nudity in this show? Not that much, oh. no. Like, uh, now, it's very graphic, and, and nothing, like, when there needs to be nudity, they have no problem showing that. But it's not really about that. They, they tried to go, like, AMC and be like, here's our big show. And they made a couple others, but they quickly were like, this costs too much, and we're Cinemax, and... We can't afford we this. Can't, we can't do this. Uh, but luckily, they made the show two seasons. Uh, we're just about to finish the second season. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really great. And I'm halfway through Good Lord Bird with Ethan Hawke that came out in 2020. And oh. it's about John Brown, who was an abolitionist uh, just before the Civil War, uh, is credited with kind of starting the Civil War in a lot of ways. And it's it's amazing. Ethan Hawke... He's killing it these days, right? Is absolutely killing it these days. powerhouse in this movie. And everybody else, there's a character that they refer to as Onion, who was a slave that they rescue, but they think it's uh, a young female... That you know, it's early teen, but it's and actually a boy, and and he's incredible in this movie uh, or or miniseries, I should say. So I yeah, one of the highlights I'd say on on TV for this year awesome. or for twenty twenty. Again, Cinemax as well, or no? This is uh, Showtime. Showtime. Cinemax is out of the game, so they made the Did Nick Cinemax and, turn into Showtime. Like I thought that would happen. No, like, Cinemax years ago. I think turned yeah. into HBO. Okay, because Showtime was a Cinemax kind of number in the 80s too yeah their own thing yeah yeah okay i uh watched two films i'll quickly talk about one i had to watch for our uh work film group that we set up uh the world according to garp from 1982 have you guys seen this no uh robin williams it's like one of his early roles i I think maybe his first this is Er uh, john irving's novel yeah yeah yeah. um glenn close i think this is actually her first role and she's fantastic in it uh, John Lithgow, one of his first roles, he's a he plays a a woman in drag. But yeah, it's pretty much Glenn Close has this child, and you find out that she I don't think it's funny anything, but she there is a, a a guy in the Navy. He was paralyzed. She's a nurse. He was paralyzed. She wanted a child, and he was still erected for a time. So she hopped Uh-oh. on there. Has Robin Williams because she's once a kid on her own. But yeah, it, it, the first like 20, 30 minutes is like you were watching him as a kid. Her, you know, and it, it's like really funny just kind of um was he born a man and he ages in reverse or was he no, no wait wait that's, that's jack <laughs> sorry sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but it's just really funny like quirky humor for the first 30 minutes when i was really digging it and then it kind of like turns and kind of forgets about that and there's still humor throughout but it's like becomes almost a serious drama because the whole movie is robin williams from birth to pretty much death and then Glenn Close, she becomes like this feminist icon. You have this group of women that join her. Wait, she she rapes a soldier and becomes a feminist icon? Yeah, she goes into all this, this stuff, whatever. But she ends up like opening up an area where all like troubled women come. You know, if you're abused, your husband, you come, can escape here. Um, There's this group of women that I guess this young girl was like raped and they cut out her tongue so she couldn't talk. This, this, this girl's not really a big part of it, but her, her story plays a part because th- th- these group of feminists form this group and they cut out their tongues, I guess. Oh, wow. It's just this, weird. It's getting really real. Well, that's the thing. It, it becomes a serious drama. So that's a part of it. So you have like the feminists and there's like this whole thing going on there. There's people trying to assassinate her, but like, it's one of those movies where like everyone, <laughs> People die and it's depressing and yeah, like it, it goes from like this quirky comedy, like this serious drama and like I don't know, I, I don't know how I, I felt about it. Um, and Wait, like I just don't know what it was trying to say. Like it's like it sounds like a movie it seems, that w- was made from a book. Yeah, yeah. but like I, it I, seems like uh, it started off like Big Fish and it just ended up as uh, I don't know. But yeah, I, I just don't know what it, it's really trying to say. And then like. He cheats on his wife, his wife, there's actually, his wife has an affair, I'm I'm explaining a lot here, but whatever, his wife, it's not going to hurt the plot, his wife's having an affair, and I watched this on the American Thanksgiving, and she's having an affair with the killer from Blood Rage, the, it's not, (laughs) it's not Not cranberry cranberry sauce, sauce. but there's like this, so there's like this gag, so she, she's going to break up with him, because he finds out about it, and he, he says, you have to break up with her, um, I don't, I'll spoil just this part. But anyway, so she says, like, well, okay, fine, we can end this, but just, you know, I've always wanted to have a fellatio in the car. So she's giving him a fellatio when Ron Williams comes, hits the car, and you find out that he gets his dick chopped off. But, like, this other <laughs> stuff happens. It's, like, terrible stuff with his kids, and it's, like, so depressing. It's, like, I don't know. It's, like, we're supposed to laugh at that, but it's, like, this just happened. It's, like, I, I don't know. My problem with it, it just felt kind of all over the place 
tonal wise, I didn't know how I was supposed to feel. And it's like, I don't know what who kind directed of message you're saying. George Roy Hill. Oh, who uh, did The Sting? Um, the Sting, Slap Shot, Funny Farm. Right. I, I don't know. Like, it, it seems like a lot of people really liked it in the, the group that we had. Everyone else seemed to really dig it. I mean, I had, mm-hmm. I still liked it. Like, there was a lot to like. I really liked to be in. It's not known as a classic, though. Like, mm-hmm. no. I think it was a bomb. Was it? I, th- I thought it was, um, let's see. Rotten Tomatoes had, it had 74%. I don't know. I think Roger Ebert gave it uh, three out of four. Anyways, um, yeah. Like I, I think it lost a bunch of money at the box office. Did it? Yeah. No, I know it. Uh, it was a, it was the, one of the big hits that year. Seventeen million budget. It brought in twenty nine million. I, I thought I remember reading it was a pretty big hit because yeah, t- double the budget back then was pretty good because that was before they used to spend like d- your budget on um, marketing and whatnot. And yeah, and it got I believe yeah John Lithgow and Glenn Close got uh, Oscar nominations for it. But yeah, I, I think it was definitely worth a watch. Like, I enjoyed it. I just didn't love it. I, I thought, like, I wish it would. It stayed kind of like the first half where it's like this mm-hmm. kind of quirky comedy because th- that, all that stuff was, like, different than anything I'd seen. And then it kind of becomes more of, like, this depressing drama. And, and again, I just don't feel like they knew what message they were trying to tell because it's like it's saying, like, feminists are crazy because the people that cut out their tongues are crazy and they... You know, the way the movie ends, do some pretty bad things. But then you have an assassin shooting at them. So that's saying that anti-feminists are crazy. And it's like, I don't know what side they're everyone taking. Everyone is crazy. Other than the, maybe the message is just the world sucks and everyone's going to die. And everyone's going to cheat on each other's wives and husbands. And <laughs> I, I don't know. Might as well get blown in a car because you never you know when your dick's going to get chopped off. Yeah. But again, it sounded like I, I hated this. I did enjoy it. I guess I just didn't love it um, yeah. as much as all the other people. So I, I'm going to still give it, I still give it seven out of 10. I think it's worth a watch. There's some interesting stuff in there. I just felt tonal wise, I don't know, maybe it will work better for you guys. Um, and then I, I watched uh, The Big Gun Down from 1966. Uh, not sure if you guys heard of this one. This is considered one of the best spaghetti westerns not directed by Sergio Leone, so leaving out, you know, Once Upon a Time in the West and the Clint Eastwood ones. Mm-hmm. This is usually high up there on the list. Uh, Lee Van Cleef is like this mm. amazing bounty hunter. He's like this ex- expert marksman. And he's kind of like a guy that does things not for the reward. Like, he's just a good guy. He wants to, like, get Justice. rid of shit out of the town. Yeah. Um, but he's hired down, I guess. Apparently, this Mexican raped and murdered a 12-year-old girl. So he's going to go get this guy. And and despite how good he is, the Mexican keeps on evading him and these various, like, cool action set pieces, gags, which I, I liked. But on the other hand, I kind of like when you show this guy who's so badass. I, 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 don't, I don't know how I feel about movies like he's that. He's getting duped they have left to, and right. They have to bring him down to human, I guess. They can't make him, like, too badass but at the same time it kind of like come on man you've shown how awesome this guy is with this opening scene like there's this amazing opening scene where these guys are coming up and he's just sitting on the rock waiting for them these thieves or whatever and um they talk all this shit or whatever because it's them against him and then he's like there's your friend they turn around their friends like hung there or something and then he's just like they're like we don't have any bullets so this unfair or something so he pulls out the thing and he sets like the bullets up and gives them each a bullet and he's like and him versus them and it's like this amazing opening i'm like yes this guy's so bad so then when you show him like constantly getting outsmarted by this mexican thief guy i don't know i um but yeah there's more to the plot i won't get into it more than that but there's more going on and everything is not quite what it seems that being said i I did not love this one um i I still enjoyed it i'm gonna give it six and a half out of ten but it's it's not my favorite uh spaghetti western are the ones that i've seen um but yeah still uh still worth a watch for sure awesome cool yeah should we get into rear window yeah yeah been uh gabbing on enough um okay well let's throw up here's the trailer for rear window from 1954 This is the scene of the crime, a crime of passion filmed in a way you have never seen before and as no one else would dare attempt. But the screen's master of suspense, the producer-director who shocked the world with Psycho. This is the apartment of a man named Jeffries, a news photographer whose beat used to be the world. Right now, his world has shrunk down to the size of this window. He's been watching the people across the way, 
Nobody seems to pull their blinds during a hot spell like this. He knows a lot about them by now. Too much, perhaps. For instance, down there on the second floor, the woman pacing about. He calls her Miss Lonely Hearts, so lonely that even death seems like a friend. These are the newlyweds on a honeymoon no one will ever forget. He calls her Miss Hearing Aid, an artist of a very odd and strange art. The songwriter who plays the same melody over and over again. A genius or insane? This is the traveling salesman and his invalid wife. Out of their arguments and nagging comes a weird kind of love. Miss Torso, the body beautiful, that is, viewed from a safe distance. Those are just a few of my neighbors. First I watched them just to kill time, but then I couldn't take my eyes off them, just as you won't be able to. And you won't be able to take your eyes off the glowing beauty of Grace Kelly, who shares the heart and curiosity of James Stewart in this story of a romance shadowed by the terror of a horrifying secret. A wheelchair-bound photographer spies on his neighbor from his apartment window and becomes convinced he witnessed a murder. Okay, so this film is uh, based on a short story, as we mentioned, by Cornell Walrick. Uh, the screenplay was by John Michael Hayes, who uh, did some other Hitchcock to Catch a Thief and Trouble with Harry, man who knew too much. Yeah, basically, he made this movie. Hitchcock was so happy with the draft or like the or the, maybe it was the final treatment mm-hmm. that he just said, added another, it was supposed to be for three movies, he added another movie on on top of it. And I think he was getting paid like $15,000 a week mm-hmm. in the 1950s, which would have been nice. a pretty sweet job. I'd w- take that now. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I'd take that now. <laughs> writing, and writing movies for Alfred Hitchcock, who basically just tells you about plot, and then you have to make dialogue scenes. Yeah. Great gig. Yeah. Jimmy Stewart is back. We just talked about him on last episode with Rope. Uh, he's, of course, the lead character. Um, I'm sure everyone knows the basic plot of this, where, yes, he's in a cast. He's stuck in his house. So he has nothing better to do than watch, you know, all the neighbors, all the all the neighborly hijinks going on throughout the, uh, the apartment. Um, Grace Kelly is his lover, who... It's kind of like this rich kind of... She's Park Avenue, baby. Yeah, yeah. where he, he's like this adventurous photographer. So there's this... And, and they open up, like, they set up his life in the first few scenes so well, where he pans, you see the broken camera, you see the shot where he breaks his leg of, of the car. Of the uh, racetrack. Yeah, and all his kind of other adventures. Mm-hmm. It, it really sets, sets it up so well. And it's just weird, though, because there's almost like this contention... That he has, he doesn't want to give up that life, yeah. uh, even though she's basically this perfect woman. Mm-hmm. What she is a perfect woman. I don't know how you guys feel about Grace Kelly, but <laughs> she is so. I don't charming. know, man. Like yeah. we went from Ingrid Bergman and now Grace <laughs> Kelly, and both of those are like two of the the most attractive mm. actresses of in my in my opinion of all time. Was she a prince princess? She was a princess. Yeah. So she, her career is actually very very short. Yeah, like she's because so she like well married. Known. She did like what six or seven songs? six or seven mo- movies. That's crazy. But three of them are Hitchcock, and then... You you have three Hitchcock movies, and High then... High Noon. Was a High Noon one. she's in, which is very early, and she's mm-hmm. only so-so yeah. in that one. And then she won the Oscar for High Society, or... Oh. Yeah. Which was very contentious, because she 
beat out Judy Garland. And, That's crazy. Uh, mm. And a few other major, major things. Do you think it's because she slept to get that? Because I, uh, I, I, no, I was no, 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 don't besmirch Grace no, Kelly. I, I was, name. I was reading. Apparently, Grace Kelly. It was no one that like they were worried when they hired her because Jimmy Stewart was married. She was no one for like oh, sleeping with a, her no cast and kind of getting around. Yeah, she, yeah, I think she had an affair mm-hmm. with William Holden and like, and I don't think she would hit it. She was kind of wasn't she kind of almost open about That's it? Like awesome. I like to. Well, know, she used to go over to Hitchcock and just tell the Hitchcocks who she was dating and all the gossip and that's why mm. another reason why he liked her because he loved that gossip. Sort, of, yeah. sort of shit and and supposedly him and Jimmy Stewart got along really well and felt like they worked really well together but mm-hmm. never were like super close off screen because mm-hmm. Jimmy Stewart didn't care about gossip and those sort of <laughs> things yeah but those are the two main characters then you also have uh, his his friend who's a detective who he keeps on Bugging to come over. The maid with... is like in this. Well, yeah, like, I was for gonna, sure, I right? Get to right, it. Just right, relax, right, man. Right, right. I was like, <laughs> if there's two people in this, it's like him and the maid. Are oh, kind yeah. of like uh, the two and people you're watching. Yeah, so you have the detective, um, and then yes, we have the maid who steals the mm-hmm. show, uh, Thelma Ritter as Stella. And I guess that was like the, Hayes's idea. He was like, if we can, and and this is where uh, Hitchcock and him really hit it off. Mm-hmm. If we can get the audience all on our side at first. Everyone's in the theater. Some lady's wearing a giant hat. Another guy's ate a whole thing of onions. Yeah. And, you know, somebody's on your armrest, whatever. And you're already pissed off. But if then you can bring them in at the beginning and they're all laughing together, mm-hmm. then they're all going to be like a tense together. And there's going to be a camaraderie with the screen. That 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 mm-hmm. one Hitchcock over, I guess. Yeah, like that that opening right away sets the pace and you're kind of already in just the the, the banter between mm-hmm. the, the two him and the, and the maid uh, she's not sorry a maid she's more of a she's a nurse. nurse a nurse yeah and she's like an insurance insurance yeah, nurse because yeah. because he's broken his leg so she's coming over just to look yeah. massage him and, and, uh, and make, make sure that he gets and, back up and to give him shit speed. for constantly peeping on mm-hmm. all the, <laughs> but the the dialogue between them oh, is so incredible amazing. and she is just constantly busting his balls like you have to marry her like she wants him to marry her and like for reasons like well I'm a degenerate when I first started dating my husband, he was a gentleman when we first started dating. And 20 years later, we're still generous together, yeah. <laughs> which I thought was great. Well, I'll just say, I've seen this film a couple of times. I've mm-hmm. always liked it. It's it's high up there. But I, I think I had it, you know, maybe fifth, sixth in my in the Hitchcocks I've seen. Five minutes into this movie, I'm like, I'm crazy. This is yeah. the bad. Like, I was just yeah. so in the dialogue so in and and it, and it continues like the, what's so great about this movie is not only like the dialogue between him and the her and and grace kelly but all the people that he's watching the apartment are all mm. even though we don't really know their characters we just know who, there is what a he story calls them. going on between every single person out every there, single like, one of them has mm-hmm. real you have real connection to mm-hmm. the to the characters mm-hmm. that are in the other windows, and and they're so fascinating and so fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Barely like, any dialogue, yeah. like from Miss Torso to the newlywed the couple. The newlywed couple, I love the woman that makes the sculptures. Yeah. You know that woman, yeah. Yeah. the nosy yeah. woman. Yeah. Um, and then you, you have Miss, Miss Lonely Heart, Miss Lonely Heart, who actually breaks my fucking yeah. heart every time yeah. I watch this. And then the couple upstairs with the dog, mm-hmm. which yeah. there's a great scene where they they're sleeping on the porch. Yeah. It's so hot because they <laughs> or the, like, the fire escape because yeah. it's so hot. And then it starts raining, and I yeah. guess Hitchcock told yeah, them. Yeah. Uh, you you need to take it in this way through this window and told the other actor, no, you need to take the mattress through this yeah. way. And they didn't tell each of the actors. Oh, so, so they're they, actually fighting. That's amazing. And then he, yeah, he falls, he falls through the window. drops the clock and, oh yeah, it's so good. And the guy from Alvin and the Chipmunks, the composer. Yeah, that's oh, crazy. Is that, is that, was that David? Uh... He's the guy that created the Christmas uh, oh, Don't Be crazy. Late. He's also the guy that created the Witch Doctor song. He's, ooh, he's ooh, known, ooh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's so, crazy. Yeah, I think I, that's a good place to end that song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. This this is a movie that like I, I don't like to it, it's almost a perfect film. Like I I just mm. think it flows so nicely. I love the 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 murder mystery. So Jimmy Stewart, we haven't even got into it, but he does. He sees a he hears a scream actually. He, he doesn't, doesn't see, see it. He doesn't see anything. He sees absolutely nothing. He uh, assumes he sees uh was there even a scream? Well, yeah, well no, there's a does. scream and yeah. he doesn't even know where it's coming from and it's yeah. disorienting. The way they set it up it's yeah. mm-hmm. it, it's it's fantastic, but then he sees the husband. Oh. What is his name? Um, uh, Lars Thor- Thorwald. Thor- Thorwald, yeah. Played by Raymond Burr. Actually, I got to give it up to this guy. He is so imposing and he says absolutely nothing so, for the first hour and a half of this movie. And he looks, an inside joke, 
He's got the the white hair, kind of like mm-hmm. slick back. He's smoking all the time. His he's in that suit. eyes are intense. He's dressed like David O. Selznick. Oh yeah, that's amazing. Um, I gotta ask: Is he wearing a fat suit? I don't think so. Because he doesn't look like he should be that stocky. He kind of has like a powerful build, but there yeah, is like yeah, a. I feel like because he's he's the guy that did like when they did the American version of Godzilla and called it mm-hmm. King of the Monsters, and they added like, Perry Mason American inserts. He was the guy, and I don't remember him being because mm-hmm, like, he looks like he has like a belly, but he shouldn't. Like he uh-huh. has like an imposing figure, but the belly is kind mm-hmm. of like put on him. Yeah, I don't. I, I've never heard yeah. that. I, I maybe. Oh, if anybody yeah. knows, uh, give give us a shout. <laughs> if you got any belly tips, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, But yeah, so he he becomes suspicious of yeah. what's happening across the way, and it's like things he's seeing and that you know are are not real evidence, but they start adding up. It's like he sees him mm-hmm. leave shortly after with a big suitcase in the middle of the night, like it's like two a.m. or something. Multiple suitcases, yeah. he just keeps coming back. He doesn't see the wife who is bedridden. Yeah, and the blinds are closed, and the blinds are never closed, and they're closed during this. Mm-hmm. 100 degree weather yeah. when everyone's got their windows open. Yeah, and and I don't know. I, I think this film just does such a great job of like from the voyeuristic point of view, you're enjoying watching all these people, but then also like mm-hmm. the murder mystery, you're enjoying watching Jimmy Stewart try to put it all together and then Grace Kelly's getting into it. Mm-hmm. And you know, like the scene where, uh, I don't know how far we want to go, but the scene where they ought to say that something happens to the dog and everyone comes out except for him. Like it's just the little clues like that yeah. that it's like that, like, oh, yeah, that that's, scene that's he's so just, cool. where you can see oh, the light the, the, the ember yeah. of the, like the ember of the cigar is amazing. Uh, it's so fantastic. Uh, but like there's real tension that builds yeah. through the whole mm. thing in a in just a natural sort of way. Like it it starts comedic, mm-hmm. it still mm-hmm. cuts up, and you have all these great scenes between Jimmy Stewart and Grace Kelly in between where you yeah. really get invested yeah. with yeah. them. Well, you can see why she's going along because he was kind of prodding her like, listen, you're never going to be in my life because my life is this. You're a Park Avenue. I can't handle you. And she's like, no, listen. She only goes along with it because he's trying to impress well, She starts on becoming him. more adventurous. Yeah. yeah. And, and then she sees the yeah. the joy of it, too. Now tell me this everything yeah. from the beginning. Like, yeah. it's yeah. A, just a great line. Yeah. Um, and then even, like, his detective friend is kind of like, well, that, that no, we looked in that. That means yeah. this. But then, you know. So it's kind and of like, he's st- stuck there, so yeah. he can't check and, and go yeah. further and, and be like, "Well, there's a reason why that happened." Yeah. He's basically has to take all the information that he's seen from his point of view, and this is why the movie is so brilliant. Yeah. And th- this is this is another reason we were yeah. talking about rope on the last episode and why I think this is just so much superior to that because you get mm-hmm. all of these extra purely cinematic touches yeah. of Jimmy Stewart seeing something. And re- reacting to something, and that's all you fucking need. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it, it's it's he does a lot with with so little, and the the, the whole set that, that he's said, created. Every time him and his a detective buddy spar, his detective buddy wins. Yes, which is kind of like, oh yeah, of course he's going to win. Like Jimmy Stewart is impotent, yeah. basically in this whole movie. And, and Bogdanovich and Hitchcock were talking about yeah. that. And, and at one point, would you would you say he's impotent yeah. because of his role watching Grace Kelly having to do all yeah. of these things, and he's stuck in the chair. He can't do anything. Well, yeah. Again, I don't want to spoke too much, but there's a scene near the mm. end where maybe she starts getting more involved than. Even he would like, and that scene is fucking scary, intense. Oh, like, because from I, again from his point of view, because you're stuck there and you can just watch as this stuff is happening. You can't do anything. About I it. knew like, it was tense. I watched this with my wife, and 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 often the mm-hmm. the old movies are going to be uh, um, me on my own thing, but mm-hmm. this is one we were watching together, and I'm just watching. I'm I'm like glued, and she's I don't know how much she's paying attention, and she something happens with Grace Kelly, and she goes, "Oh no." Oh, she actually and like, she uh, never says anything, and I'm like, "You're in this. Yeah. How fucking good is this movie?" Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just yeah, I, yeah, I don't know, man. I I love everything. And like the movie. the sound, the 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 score, how it's built yeah. into everything there is so many subtle jokes that if you weren't even paying attention, you wouldn't clock. But there was one thing uh, when the uh, I guess we all talked about this when the dog uh, meets his untimely end. Uh, he's like, "Well, I wonder what happened to that dog." Like, well, maybe he knew too much. And like they do the deadpan, yeah. it just like fades away. I'm like that is a great joke that they didn't even. Well, I think the movie yeah. is kind of like you're gonna mix of everything. Mm-hmm. You get romance in there, you get drama, like depressing drama. You get comedy. Mm-hmm. You get like it, it's got it, it's got a bit Suspen- of everything. Like Suspense. the suspense and, thr- oh. and, and oh, yeah, thrills yeah. is so good. And, and the and crime that, aspect, mystery aspect, and it's, it's like lurid in a lot of the mm-hmm. crime aspects, like. 
where is he putting this? What's buried in the garden? Yeah, yeah is she all over uh, with that East River? Is that where we're gonna find her? Yeah. Like, yeah, the, the is, oh, yeah. is she actually dead? Is this just all in his like uh, mind? Because he's been going crazy. For I six love weeks. how they keep. Yeah. You know, playing against what's what's mm-hmm. happening, and now. we didn't even mention like Grace Kelly gets involved, but then so does the uh, the insurance nurse. She starts yeah. really getting into it yeah. too, and like, and uh, so you just have like it's just because so, Jimmy Stewart is always awesome, and he's great. This like he's this may be one of his best roles. I'm trying to think. I'm sure he's done other ones, but for my it's this and one or, of my favorites. It, it, it's it, a wonderful life. It's yeah, wonderful, yeah, and, and, and he he's masterful in Vertigo too. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I guess I think more, this is his, probably his most fun. Though, like I think those two movies, he's great, but he's more. Those are kind of more serious. Mm-hmm. Whereas this one, he's very playful and like there's so much good witty banter. I think in you this. get a lot of the pre-war, uh, like Philadelphia story, and some of his more, you know, I don't know, Mr. Smith goes to Washington stuff like mm-hmm. that. Even though that has a little bit of a serious angle to it, but when he came back from the war, he was a different person from all yeah. accounts. He almost quit acting because he didn't think that should a man be. He's got a quote like, "Should a man be doing this after what I've seen in the Air Force?" Like yeah. that. And I think a lot of the roles post-war, he's not using that that comedic element that he is so easy for him yeah you do see it in it's a wonderful life and it's in some of the westerns but not not as mm. not as much and then this one it's there everywhere like there's there's yeah. charm mm. like when grace kelly comes back with some information the one time and that how he, he there's a close-up on his face and he's just yeah. so proud of her mm-hmm. yeah. and there's yeah, like yeah, yeah. The, 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 there's this effervescent light comes from yeah. jimmy stewart it's like, oh, there's Jimmy Stewart. So I agree. Like, it's a it's a, a wonderful performance, and you buy everything. And just in the way that all, the, all three of them play off each other is so fun. Like, Same with Wendell Corey, like yeah. the the detective. Yeah. All four of the the dialogue leads are excellent. So good. I almost wish it was longer. Like, I just want to hang out with these people yeah, solving mysteries. You really do. <laughs> That's yeah, the I want to throw a great these movie. people in a van and let's just have them go around solving <laughs> mysteries. Get, get the dog. You yeah, know? get the little cho- whatever. No, it wasn't a chihuahua. Yeah. It was. Uh, I think I watched this all the time and I'm I'm always like mm-hmm. oh man it, Grace Kelly like this you'll increases. never get you never get yeah. anything Grace Kelly she's good in Dial M for Murder she's mm-hmm. good in To Catch a Thief but she never gets a role like this either mm-hmm. um and then she disappears. She almost was going to come back for Hitchcock a couple times in the 60s. and Doesn't quite. The prince was not very excited <laughs> yeah. about uh, that happening. Uh, so you only get the snapshot of of how great she, she could be. Been. But honestly, is there anything... It's one of the greatest roles. Yeah. Well, I, I like too because at first you think, oh, she's just going to be this little princess character and she's just going to care about her dress and stuff. And then like it, she totally turns. It's mm-hmm. like, no, I'll, I'll give all that up. This is let's do this. Like I, I'll also say, I, I normally like don't give a sh- character. I don't give a shit about the clothes that people are wearing. But mm-hmm. my God, the clothes that Grace Kelly gets to wear yeah. in this movie, <laughs> like it adds to the character. Yeah. Even in the end, where you think, oh, now she's she's in the dungarees and she's yeah. going to be with Jimmy Stewart, yeah. and and you know the battle will continue. Like, yeah, that yeah, was actually yeah. great. Yeah, I, I even love too when she's sneaking in the house and she's got the high heels and stuff. Like, mm. oh yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know this film again. Like, I went from always liking it, and I think I had rope even much higher. So, so I've totally was this your uh, second or. Th- third time i think this is my third time seeing it i was blown away by this time like i a big increase for me this time um but there's no secret for me this is top five movie of all time for me like this is, is this one, your favorite yeah. hitchcock <sighs> see see this or vertigo I guess? this or Bo- oh, vertigo okay. so and i i said this i think the last time i watched this i think this is the more fun film oh yeah um, um, was obviously more of a vertigo. You can get lost yeah. in in everything and mm-hmm. go down a rabbit hole, yeah. but you can with this as well. Like there's more going mm-hmm. on because of every little every little shot is impactful. You could just dissect that montage at the end when Raymond Burr and him are oh, wrestling. The, uh, the bulb. <laughs> The, the bulb oh. is actually maybe my least favorite thing of the whole movie. I, I like that. I thought that I'm, was I'm okay. Fun. Like I'm okay with yeah. the bulb. I do like sense. that he doesn't say anything the whole. Uh, yeah. I love that as well. Yeah. But like the, the where they're wrestling and and you mm. see the terror, yeah, on Jimmy Stewart's mm-hmm. face. Uh, but yeah, so this is one of my mm-hmm. ultimate films. It is either one or two. I'm going to rewatch Vertigo probably in the next six months. Yeah, I, I'm going to probably keep on watching Hitchcock too. Um, and yeah, but it easily could be like again. This is. 
going through Hitchcock, and I, just like Kyle, I, I'd been watching some others, it cements that it's probably, he's my guy. Like, this is my maybe yeah. number one director of all time sort of guy. And uh, it's remarkable what, what he was able to do on this air. So I, I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to just come out there. I, I give this a 10. Oh, oh proper wow. 10, eh? There, wow. there, there's maybe only a handful of movies that I've seen in the last 10 years that I would give a 10. I've given this a 10 twice. It's probably technically a 9.85. Yeah. Or not, yeah, that's probably what it like I I agree with Kyle there is no perfect film but this is as fucking close as it, it almost yeah. gets. Yeah, I'm I'm I'm, there. I'm giving it a 9. Like I really enjoyed this movie. I loved all the spare characters. Is there anybody more charming than Jimmy Stewart? Because I don't think we have had an actor like more charming than Jimmy Stewart. Yeah, like I don't know. That charm comes across. Yeah, he's a guy like spades. I just I just it's like a magnet. Like yeah. I, just, I love watching him on screen. Like mm. we we talked about him rope. Like even in rope, where he's he's supposed to be like clearly a, a kind of path like devoid of humanity. He's and, he's been miscast in the yeah. role, and he's just so fucking charming yeah. and magnetic that you can't. I think that's why him. he wasn't good in that role because he was too charming. But I, I don't know. I yeah. still I yeah. still liked him in rope, but mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I'm gonna give the I, I'm gonna go nine out of ten as well, which yeah, is for yeah. me is very high. I don't know yeah. how many movies I've given a nine. What'd you to. give Rope? Eight point five. Eight point five, which yeah. is also incredibly high yeah. for you. Uh, this may I, I need to watch. My favorite has been North by Northwest, so I need to revisit that one. Yeah, but this one could be taking number one possibly. I, I don't know. It was my favorite okay, Hitchcock okay. film. Yeah, like North by Northwest. I will also say, and I feel like North by Northwest is almost like the perfect. It's Kyle Cara Grant is just yeah, it's so fun and Cara Grant is so charming. And it's and kind fun. of like a precursor to almost all the movies you've been yeah. obsessed about yeah. before. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bond or, or, yeah, or yeah. yeah. Well, it's kind of like the all the, the, the 39 steps and all those as well, right? Mm. It's kind of like a bigger budgeted man, you know, on the run. I, I and I, I I've grown to get like North by Northwest was always getting like it gets higher on my list every year. Yeah. Uh, every or every time I watch it, because you realize like he put all of this together. Where I I love the thirty nine steps because it's so economical. It's like exactly what it's supposed to be. There's no like the, the mm. there's no fat for me. But honestly, you go, I goes like ten deep of things I call classics with this guy. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we do another. You know, cover another four Hitchcock, maybe in a year we or so. We could do another forty Hitchcock, right? Like, well, we'll, like, we'll, <laughs> the goal eventually cover them all, yeah. but uh, at least all like the you know the main twenty mm. or. 25, whatever it is. But um, yeah, hopefully we'll cover North by Northwest. So next, how would you rank the uh, four movies we watched? Out of the four, I'm going to go Rear Window, yep. Rope, Notorious, Spellbound for me. Okay. The only one I didn't really like that much is Spellbound. I, the other three I really loved. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm as similar. I think we've almost had similar scores in, other than mm-hmm. Rope. Like, uh, How would you put them? Uh, Would you go re- like Rear Window, Notorious uh, for me are like the, in that top yeah. ten, and then it's Rope, and then uh, Spellbound. But like Rope is probably top fifteen, and then Spellbound's probably top thirty. Oh, okay, I might be opposite. I'm gonna re- Rear Window first. I was going back and forth between like all three of them, but I think I like Spellbound. Wow, like, yeah, I think I, I, I really you, enjoyed Spellbound, uh, and I think maybe like Notorious and Rope. Interesting. Yeah, which is weird because I really liked all of them. Yeah. Well, again, like. Even the ones that are lesser to Hitchcock, yeah. like Rebecca may be to me lesser Hitchcock. It's still a great movie. Yeah. I mean, it's, I'd still rather watch that than ninety percent of the shit made these days. Ninety five percent of the shit made these days. Like, so I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> Hitchcock is great. <laughs> if you guys have not watched Hitchcock, I mean, you can almost you can almost start with almost. Any I would film actually. I love. Gonna, I'd love to hear you guys' top three Hitchcock. Like, do you have a top three? Yeah. So it's one A and one B are Vertigo and uh, Rear Window. Okay. And then Psycho's three. Okay. You? I, yeah, I don't. I I can't really do it right now because, again, like this film just jumped like three yeah. or four spots. I, I know I loved Rope. I think Rope was number two for me. North by Northwest, I think, was number one. But, yeah, it's all it's all going to change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to revisit Psycho. Um, I'm trying to think of what else I love. That's the thing for, for me. What I'm, I'm going and talking about these top. <laughs> it's whatever you watched last. Because it, 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 <laughs> I, I can go over. I, I've got a list of my top ten right mm-hmm. here. And it's, okay, 
Vertigo, Rear Window, Psycho, Notorious, 39 Steps, North by Northwest, Rebecca, The Lady Vanishes, Strangers on a Train, Shadow of a Doubt, Dial for Murder, and Foreign Correspondent. Those 12 movies, I might give, like, the lowest score would be 8.5. Yeah, it's crazy, right? For yeah, me. Yeah, like, I had Rear Window number six, which to me is crazy. That's possibly number one. Yeah. So I need to re- revisit Vertigo. Like, I remember the last time we did it, and I think you both liked the movie, yeah. but you weren't, like, enthralled. And no. I was actually, like, thinking... If they're like this again, I'm gonna fucking lose my mind. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, well, I feel I feel like I still gave it an eight. I think my rating, at least on Letterboxd, was a four out of five. Yeah, yeah. four out of five. One of things like we didn't know we were getting into at this point. Like, it, it's it's an interesting movie. It is an interesting movie. There's a different. You're not used to watching a movie like this. I I also think this movie is it's one a that mm. also gets better. Yeah, like every think, time you watch it. Because the first time you're just trying to watch, you know, the Grace Kelly, the Jimmy Stewart, and then the main murder case. Mm-hmm. I think this time you start appreciating the world around you more. I, I'm like, I'm totally into like every little neighbor and everything yeah. they're doing. And like, I want to know what they're doing. I was, I'm following everyone's life. Like, I want to see a Weirdly obsessed with the new married episode couple. on each character. I, I yeah. loved like... That's such a Hitchcock joke. Yeah, it is. It's awesome. Like, that it he starts powers off, through yeah. the, the sensors. Like, yeah. just... And I guess this movie, he he had like the best budget he ever had. And traditionally, when he had a good budget and he was comfortable, he wasn't yeah. like a person that like under pressure was going to make his best movie. Yeah. He'd probably still make a good movie, but he made his best movie when he was comfortable, when he had the actors he, he wanted. Kind of. Apparently, he was like, he lost like 60 pounds or something. Yeah, it was it, best at 189. This was him in his prime. And yeah. he, all the films around this time were just. Oh, awesome. He felt he, yeah, this was. Like Dial M for Murder, uh, which is made just before this, is another fantastic movie that sometimes gets shortchanged yeah, just I, because I of what's around. So I had that above this last, so I need to revisit. I had the number four on my list, so um, yeah, I need to well, revisit. Was all this these. the first colored movie? No, the first is Rope. Okay. Um, yeah, like was for, Dial, Dial M for Murder in color? Yes, yeah, it's three oh, D too. Yeah, I don't remember that being in color. Because honestly, <laughs> big you. phone. Do you remember the big phone? <laughs> I remember the big phone. I just don't remember it being okay. in color. But I kind of feel like strangers it, it's, on a train in Yeah, like mm. I feel like in a lot. My list is now at least like everything in my top twelve, but maybe four in correspondent. I've seen mm. three to ten times, times. <laughs> and that changes with him. Yeah, like the the good ones get better. And I guess like the uh, worst ones probably. I, I almost guarantee you'll we'll I'll watch Spellbound, Spellbound again in a and you'll year. be like, oh, yeah. it, 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 like he doesn't quite do this and doesn't quite do that because you'll have this other breadth of movie where yeah. you go, he gets it there. And the, yeah. And there's a, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to do this again next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm, again, I'm going to, I'm going to, I've been going through from the beginning, like the ones that I actually own on Blu ray. I don't own every title, but I've been starting from the beginning and going up. So hopefully by that time I'll have seen them all and I can kind of talk more about how my overall, because right now it's like I'm remembering how I felt the one time I saw a movie five years ago. And I, I still haven't seen like half of the movies that are considered classics. So. Um, I'm excited to keep on keep on digging into more Hitchcock. Um, the only other I didn't want to see we don't have to talk about too much, but yeah, this hmm. film had a budget of one million and it made thirty six point eight million dollars. So a huge uh, success at the time. Suck it, rope. <laughs> um, see, I I always question some of these numbers because yeah. I feel like sometimes they're counting like when they did all these re releases. Like I, I find it hard to believe this movie made thirty six times its budget mm-hmm. and like sometimes they add video sales into the number and everything this and was a massive hit like this yeah. is the the movie that basically kind of led up to the next decade where he could do whatever he wanted in the television show and yeah anyways uh yeah i, I think um i think dial m was also a huge hit as well and so he had like a string of hits around this time yeah eh? like the trouble with harry wasn't a, a like a huge one but mm-hmm. to catch to catch a thief which is now considered lesser Hitchcock, but i think it's I actually would be interested in your guys' opinion because I find it just fun. Oh, yeah, okay. I, I need to see. Well, movie, next time yeah. we'll watch them both. We yeah. can do like I haven't seen uh, the problem with Harry or this, so we can probably do uh, uh, make it a twofer. Yeah, we'll see you guys in three, four months. So we'll do it again. Yeah. <laughs> Is there any other trivia? Uh, yeah, no, that, that's all I got. Um, yeah, I, I, I made a bunch of notes, and I, I don't think I've referenced this once <laughs> uh, through this. So this is great. Um, so I just wanted to say, yeah, I just wanted to say, yeah, I think it's pretty uh, pretty obvious that you should watch Rear Window. I mean, we all oh, just yeah. gave it, it a, a awesome. when the lowest score is a nine and the highest is a ten. That's pretty. That's got to be a, a record. For yeah, us. I think that is a yeah. record. We need to have like um, I know some podcasts have where everyone loves a film and they 
call it like something. We need like some kind of section where like it's like a, like a gold standard, like the almost like the Mount Rushmore of the movie City Maniacs, mm-hmm. and like this film moves up there or something, like a, a certain <laughs> upper know, echelon. Yeah, an upper echelon where we all the agree. golden stinker. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Because, you know, there's movies where we both love, but then he doesn't like, or whatever. You guys both love a movie I don't like. So Something when, that is well, a stamp of approval. Cause I, yeah, I, I, yeah I, a stamp I, of approval. Yeah. I was talking to, to our, uh, a friend of ours, uh, Ken, who's a, yeah. a fan of the podcast, and he was struggling at first with Fog. And I was like, just keep going with it, man. That's one of the few movies <laughs> that, that we all yeah. agree on. That will be in the top 10 horror movies of all three of us. We yeah. might not have another one. Yeah. It's true, eh? <laughs> That in Suspiria, that's probably going to be... Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's some other we like, but yeah, maybe yes. not as much. Like, in, in like top yeah. 10, like guaranteed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, maybe maybe we'll have to create a section somewhere on... Well, Instagram. Would Instagram. Be that. <laughs> oh, shit, yeah. Add I'll, this to I, the first I'll get... A, yeah, well, maybe I will. But it has to be like two. It has to be like everyone gives it at least an eight. Because there's movies like we all like that we gave a seven. I don't think that should make the... I think we should, it should be a nine. Oh, a nine. I don't know. I only think Kyle like I think I've given like five movies a nine. I think for me it's gotta be an eight. I think a movie that we all give an eight is still. Yeah, it's still pretty good. I don't know. We can figure it out. Yeah. Listeners, what do you think? It's a pure (laughs) maniac. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Um, anyways, guys, we'd love to hear your thoughts from Rear Window. Um, you know, if you didn't like it, I want to hear why, because that would be crazy. Um, or if you just want to share your love for the film. Any other Hitchcock recommendations that you want to see us covered on the next show? Maybe we'll uh, take some recommendations when we choose that one. Mm-hmm. As long as it's not the parodying case. Yeah. <laughs> or everyone just vote for the parodying case and put, <laughs> put Adam through hell. Anyways, you can get a hold of us on uh, Facebook at Movie City Maniacs. We have a group page and a like page. Uh, the group page is where all the discussion happens. You can find us on uh, Gmail at MovieCityManiacs at gmail.com. Uh, Twitter, which, uh, you know, I don't know if we'll At Movie City Maniac. Yeah, we'll figure. <laughs> we might get back on it. Maybe not. And uh, Instagram, we're, we're hoping to get that going, too. So, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Watch out for our TikTok page. Just coming come down. <laughs> Anyways, guys, wait, 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 wait. what is TikTok? Is it a page? Is it an app? I have no idea. Anyways, guys, I'm we not, uh, not going to explain this. Yeah. We, we're not sure what's uh, coming next, but uh, we'll probably be covering another series of films. We'll figure that out. Uh, we'll be back soon either way. So stay scared, stay scared guys. guys. Bye. Let's just start without fucking money. Yeah, you don't need He's me. He's a useless twat anyway. Yeah. <laughs>